Welcome to the Parent University Podcast. Parent University is a monthly training seminar for parents of teenagers here at Perimeter Church. It is our desire to come alongside families by equipping them to lead their children in a biblical, God-honoring way. We hope you enjoy the following talk. Today we have a, a pretty interesting subject. I'm pretty excited about what we are going to be talking about. Um, I have not taught this material in a while. Um, it, I tend to ruffle feathers of everyone when we talk about this. Education is extremely, for some reason, we're all really passionate about whatever choice you have made with your kids and what educational choice you have chosen to put them in, whether it's public school, private school, or homeschool. And so uh, in the past, when I've taught on this material, I, I usually get in a, a, a few <laughs> uh, arguments with people. It's not like that, you know. So, uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll have a good conversation today. Let me pray, and we'll just kind of jump in to the material uh, today. Heavenly Father, we love you, and thank you again for the privilege of raising kids It's a huge responsibility and a huge privilege, and um, Lord, we pray that we would be equipped as parents to uh, see our children grow into mature and equipped followers of Christ, Lord, who love you and who may have kingdom impact through their lives. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us incredible wisdom and discernment as we parent, uh, that you would help us to enjoy our time today, that that the things that we discuss uh, would spark conversation and help to make us better parents. Uh, We love you, and thank you again for this church and for uh, the community of believers that we can enjoy each Sunday. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Interestingly, uh, I have a lot of experience with this whole school choice and and where, you know, what educational uh, philosophy you fall under. when I was, when Cammie and I first got married, I have, I have four older, or three older siblings, two older sisters and an older brother, and they all had kids, and Cammie and I were much farther behind everybody in having children. And so, uh, probably about five to, uh, five or six years into our marriage, it was interesting, we had one, in one year, every one of my siblings pulled me aside and told me that they were going to leave their kids to Cammie and I if they died. And I thought that was kind of, now I look back, it's kind of funny because we didn't have kids, so they had no idea about our parenting style or anything. But one of the driving factors I felt like in that, when each one of them would pull us aside, is my oldest sister homeschooled all of her kids, four children, all the way through high school. Um, And they lived at home even through college, uh, or at least part of the time. My second oldest sister put her kids in public school. And my brother had his kids in private Christian school most of the time. And each one of them, when I would be with different ones, were very critical of the others and their choices in how they raised their kids, not only just in the things they did, but obviously what type of schooling they did was a part of that. Um, And they all felt like, of course, Cammie and I would homeschool or public school or private school without us. And we just kind of kept our cards close to the vest. Um, So for us, it was it was not uh, something that we we kind of wore out in that way. Now, I feel like I can speak about all of these things uh, because what's interesting, Cammie and I tend to believe this is a child by child, year by year decision. And we have now done all of these. We have homeschooled two of our kids for several years uh, when I was at a different church, and actually my first year here at Perimeter. 
We have had, uh, we have two kids in perimeter Christian school right now. Um, my daughter is at Duluth Public High School. And so we have kind of experienced all of these things. Um, the other thing is, I think I have a really unique perspective on this. There's probably, I was telling Cammy this morning, I was thinking about this, there's probably very few people who have the perspective that I have because I have been doing 21 years of youth ministry and I interact with teenagers of all three, public, private, and homeschool all the time. No one else really has that experience because if you're an educator even, you tend to be you know, in whichever one of those camps you, you are in and those are the kids that you're around all the time. And so I get to see them all interact with each other. And a lot of the things that I'm going to share with you today have come out of that experience of watching that over 20 years. So that is where we're coming from. If you feel like you're, the way that you have decided to educate your children is the most biblical, okay, which that's where a lot of dogmatism comes from in these areas, we have to be careful. I want to point out, biblical education never included girls, okay? So right off the bat, if you want to go with a strictly biblical education, you're, you're kind of in a dangerous area. Uh, Daniel and Moses had fantastic educations in foreign courts, pagan foreign courts. Daniel in the Babylonian court, Moses in the Egyptian court. And it equipped them specifically for what God called them to do. Okay, so we need to be uh, mindful of that. Paul was raised, he said in Acts 22, verse 3, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this, in this city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. So Paul had, was also a tent maker. He was Greek, and he trained in a theological education under Gamaliel. So there, he, he was at least sent away to either a boarding school situation or a day school situation. Um, so we need to be careful about that kind of thing. Uh, and then we have, of course, Deuteronomy 11, which well, I mention almost every single week in this, or every single month. Teach these things, which is the law, to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Now, we got to keep in mind what he's talking about there specifically is not mathematics or English. He's talking about the law of God, right? He's talking about sharing your faith, okay? So one of the things that I would hope that you would understand after today is to be, to extend a lot of grace to all of your friends and family members who may choose a different educational choice than you, because I don't know that you can make a decision and say the way that we do it is the biblical way or the biblical model. Um, most, again, the Bible isn't necessarily concerned with where you learn math and English and things like that. It is more concerned, again, with, with the fact that we pass on uh, our faith to our kids. Um, each school choice has an upside and a downside. And what is really interesting as I prepared for today is for me to notice even with more clarity that most of the downside comes from the upside. What is the strength of your educational model is the root of the weakness of your educational model, probably. And I'm going to be pointing out weaknesses today that may have nothing to do with education. They're going to have to do with other areas. Uh, and I want to just remind all of us, what is the ultimate goal of parenting? The ultimate goal is that your children would have kingdom impact, that they would 
love Jesus with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves, right? That they would be out witnessing to people that they would have an impact on the kingdom of God, okay? That is our goal, and that they'd be independent, that they would have a biblical world and life view, right? That they would make strong moral decisions and have an understanding of how to interact with the world around them in a way that uh, makes them winsome as they interact with and, and engage a lost culture, right? That is, that's what our, our end game is. And we have to constantly keep that in mind even as we discuss these things. Um, I've got a ton of material today. We're going to do some, I'm going to ask you guys for some stuff, but then if, if we run and start getting low on time, I'll, I may just kind of have to zip through to the end. Um, let's talk about, first let me see around the room, who, how many of you have your kids in homeschool? Or some of your kids, I mean it may not be all of them, but have some kids in homeschool. Okay, how many of you have your kids or some of your kids in private school? Okay, ton. How many of you have at least some of your kids in public school? Okay, so see we have a pretty good pretty good uh, spattering in here of all three, so this, this is, should be fun. And a lot of you have kids in both, so I think you'll see some of the things I'm talking about as you go through both of these. All right, so since in, in no particular order then, let's, let's take homeschool first, um, just because it's first in my notes. So homeschooling, if we want to talk about homeschool, what are some of the positives? What are some positive things that you get out of homeschooling? What are some of the benefits when you've decided to homeschool? Oh, well, don't put them up yet, Mark, and tell. Sorry. What are some of the benefits? Somebody tell me. I can't see behind me, so. Yes. I'm sorry. Anybody? Just. Absolutely. Okay. So if there's a weakness in your, in your child's education, or even if you have a thing you want to particularly emphasize, you can, you can focus on it. Greater focus. And it is like a, like a private tutor. Yes, somebody else? Yes. Okay, biblical worldview and values can be a part of their education every day, right? Uh, it is the most, homeschooling certainly is the most like the Deuteronomy passage I read, right? You're at home when you rise up, when you lie down. I mean, believe me, we've homeschooled, and sometimes it is all day long uh, when you're doing it. See somebody else, anybody else? Homeschool strengths. Yes. Okay, sports, piano, dance, certainly there's huge advantages to things like that because just, there's so much less time can be spent on school and it gives more block time for those other extracurricular. Anybody else? Other things? Yes, absolutely. Huge flexibility uh, in your school year, in your school day. Uh, one, in fact, one of the things that we loved when we homeschooled, I have a very chaotic schedule as a youth pastor. I'm out many nights during the week. A lot of times I was on mission trips and things during the summer. And so as, when we homeschooled, I could be home with my kids in the morning uh, because I worked at night often. And I also got the benefit of when we wanted to go out of town, it was great. You just take your kids and go, you know, no matter what time of year it was. And that was fantastic. So certainly there are some huge uh, positives to that. And I think you guys mentioned most of these. No public school social agenda uh, is, is another thing. You know, the secular worldview that is imprinted on our kids at school, you don't have to deal with uh, in general. The social pressure that are normative to teenagers is not something that you have to deal with on a regular basis. 
uh, it's always there to some degree, don't get me wrong, but uh, a lot of the, the pressure for sex, dating, gossip, partying, popularity, sports, some of those, some of those pressures when you homeschool are not there, or certainly not as, as strong. Uh, we've already talked about you're on your own schedule. You are not constantly compared to others. Okay, keep in mind when you are in a social environment uh, where you're tested all the time and where, oh, what did she wear today or, or he's a better athlete. I mean, there's a constant comparison, right, that can take place in a public school setting uh, or a Christian school setting that you don't have. Uh, again, the God focus we've already mentioned and then target on at known educational weaknesses, okay? For example, if you're a poor reader, you can spend more time studying reading. So all those things we talked about, and I think those are great strengths, and those are important. And some of us have homeschooled just for one of those, maybe, or two of those reasons. But those are great reasons. Now, when it comes to negatives, and don't put the negatives up yet, <laughs> when it comes to negatives, uh, there are, it's amazing what I tend to think is either we're blind to the negatives of our choice or we're not intentional about dealing with them. Okay, maybe we know it and we say, well, it's a negative, but I, what can I do? And there are, I'm going to get to that as far as things to address it, but, but there are negatives. And we, part of my goal in Parent University, again, is to help equip you as parents not to give you the answers. I don't care whether you homeschool, private school, or public school. Like I said, I've done all three, and I think they're all great choices. But I want to make sure you know what you're doing and what's good or bad about it so that you can parent accordingly. That is my goal, okay, and what I want to expose you to. Let's look at some of the negatives. Um, one of the weaknesses in homeschool can be in socialization, okay? Um, and this varies widely because homeschooling varies widely. There are so many people who homeschool so many different ways and part of the weakness in socialization is that homeschoolers in general just have less contact with other kids outside their family. Okay, now this was truer when homeschooling first came out. Okay, keep in mind, I'm telling you, I'm giving you 20 years worth of experience here. There are co-ops now and things where you can get together with other kids and, and expand that pool for social norms to develop uh, and, and be exposed to that. And so that, that, is, that curves some of it. But it, it really can definitely affect the way your kids, um, depending on how sheltered they are, how socialized they are when they interact with other kids. Um, the, uh, and, and a lot of times we're unaware of these things. These are things like, uh, these are positive and negative social norms. Okay, I want to make sure you understand that. Some of these are positive and some of them are negative. For example, how do your kids deal with joking or teasing, flirting, dealing with bullying, peer pressure? Okay, these are things, if you go back to your own experience, if you grew up in public school, you learned how to deal with all these things just by interacting with kids every day in a social environment. And again, a lot of these things are negative, right? You learn to deal with peer pressure or teasing. And the reason I say I see this, I can remember talking with a homeschool family. I had these boys, twin boys, at a church I was at years ago. And I remember their parents saying, wow, my kids are just so mature. They're, they, they, they speak so well, and they hate being at youth group because they have to interact with all these kids that are immature. And I'd say, okay, uh, well. And then they, they would come around, and we went on a mission trip. And one of the boys was teasing one of, these, one of these twins, and the, the twins ended up 
they didn't really understand what's serious and what's not serious in teasing, and they, they beat up the kid, okay? <laughs> um, they, because they were big, strong boys, when they got in a situation they didn't know what to do, they kind of acted out physically. Now, again, I'm giving you an extreme situation, but I thought, okay, these are the mature kids, and they're, they're beating up this other public school kid, and he was, he was not trying to pick a fight. He was just doing normal school banter that kids do. And it, it, get, it went to the point of violence. Um, now, again, that's an extreme example. But what I'm saying is there are things that we learn, both negative and positive, that happen in a school environment. Okay? And, and that just, that we need to be aware that that's taking place. Um, there are popular culture things that you don't pick up on, uh, such as common experiences, dress. A lot of homeschool families tend to be more uh, conservative, and so their kids are exposed to many less things, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, there's p- very big positives to that. But because of that, some of the negatives, uh, their kids dress different. Not a lot different, but enough different. Okay, And this can make the kids feel, the kids can be aware of that or not aware of that. Okay, so just you've got to be aware that it is it is different. They're just it's they're in a different environment. Um, They are not picking up on other things in socialization, like stand in line, sit still and wait to sit through a long lecture or things like that, that you have to learn in early ages of public school. You learn these things and some of those things can be avoided, not intentionally by by homeschooling. if you've ever been to a church where almost all of the families homeschool, for example, kids will get up during the service, all through the service, going in and out to the bathroom to get a drink of water. They'll, you know, they just kind of roam around and everybody that's there is pretty comfortable with it. But if you're not used to that, you're like, what is going on? And I think part of it is in homeschooling, if you want to get a drink of water, you go to the kitchen. <laughs> you don't have to get a hall pass and and uh, do all these things. You don't have to stand in line. So again, these are just minor things, but they're things if we homeschool, we can, we can miss or not even think about that our kids are not picking up on uh, and getting these things. Um, I, yeah. Um, one of the things that also, often we're not, because we can teach them the biblical worldview, we're not teaching them the secular worldview. Uh, and they can go to college and get clobbered because... They're not exposed to the secular worldview as much as they as, as public school kids, and they're gonna therefore, uh, as they run into that, sometimes they're ill-equipped. They rarely are compared to others. Okay, remember the positive is they're not constantly comparing to others, but often when you're homeschooled, you're rarely compared to other kids, and that can have negative consequences in other ways. I've, I've seen a lot of homeschooling kids over the years that have huge test anxiety. Because when you homeschool, one of the strengths is if you're not good at it, you just keep working at it. You know, oh, you took a test, it didn't do well, just take it again. You know, or or you keep working until you get better. In public school and in private school, you don't have that opportunity. And so you learn to deal with the pressure of taking tests. Um, The other, sometimes I have also seen, I've had a conversation with someone who uh, homeschooled and said, you know, I know my son is going to get, he's going to get a scholarship in math because he's just great at math. And they haven't even taken the SATs yet or anything. They're just they're seeing this at home, and they're not comparing them to other students. And then they take the SATs and stuff, and they're not, they're not great at math. They're great at math at their house. <laughs> uh, they're in the 95th percentile among their brothers and sisters. 
And that doesn't work out necessarily when you go up against IB and AP kids uh, in public school so, or private school. So these are weaknesses that you can have, again, that we just need to be aware of. Um, the God focus is a wonderful thing. Uh, Randy Pope, in his book, compares uh, one of, in a different context, but it's the same principle, this illustration of if we eat and eat and eat and never exercise, that is, makes us unhealthy. And this is true of both public school and private school. A lot of times we give education, biblical education, biblical education, but they're not in the world in any sense to, to exercise their faith, okay? And if they never exercise and they only eat, that's not a healthy thing. We get fat. And you can get fat in your theological knowledge and know everything, but it has no practicality in your life in how you live it out because we're not challenged, Okay, and so this can happen. Um, and I compare all of these things to these are kids, you know, in a, in a bunker is a, an illustration that we can use. And Christianity can become academic. You can some homeschool kids have more Bible knowledge than I have ever seen. I mean, it's amazing. It's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, but without the exercise, constantly eating uh, is, isn't good for you. Um, we also have a blindness to unknown educational weaknesses. Remember I said you can, you can focus on educational weaknesses when you homeschool, but a lot of times when you homeschool, you focus on things you're good at, okay? When you homeschool as a parent and you're really good at teaching reading and math, you're going to teach reading and math, and if you hate science, we just don't want to do it as much, and so your kids can actually be worse at science. Again, we can just have a weakness there that we're unaware of. Um, and the last thing is sometimes I run across this, and I haven't seen it in a while, but there can be just an arrogance uh, with homeschool kids, and I don't know why that develops. I honestly have not ever figured out the real root of that. I don't know if it's parents have, are so adamant about what they're doing at home that, again, these kids, or maybe it's because they don't compare themselves to other kids and they kind of start to feel that they're, you know, got it all together. But, but again, I just I see this occasionally, um, and I, I don't know the root of that particular one, but I do just want to make you aware. So these are some of the weaknesses. So what is our strategy? Okay, if these are weaknesses, um, how do we shore up the weaknesses of our educational choice? Because there's some fantastic strengths with homeschooling. But we got to be, with eyes wide open, at least pay attention to what these weaknesses are. Here's some of the strategies. Um, put them in social environments with others as often as possible. The idea is if they're in the bunker, we've got to get them out of the bunker. Uh, we've got to get them engaged in the game, okay, in the kingdom. In, in doses, you can control these. I'm not saying, hey, throw, you know, take them to a rock concert and just throw them, <laughs> throw them in there. You know, I'm not saying anything like that. You can put them in controlled environments and uh, it, give them exposure to kids. Like if there's, let's say you have a neighbor who you're really close to whose kid goes to public school. Well, let them hang out together. Uh, Somebody who you trust their parenting skills and things like that, because the socialization is one of those weak areas. Uh, youth ministry is something where they're going to have a bigger pool, and it's a controlled environment with Christian adults all around. I mean, that is something to, that you would want to get them involved in. Boy Scouts, the temptation is, oh, wow, there's a great Boy Scout troop at my church, and I know all the dads, and I know all the kids, and, and okay, why don't you go find a secular Boy Scout group where you don't know anybody? And let them be involved there, and you get involved with them, okay? Uh, if they're in drama, put them in, go to your, like, Duluth, and put them in drama in the public arena, not necessarily in a private Christian drama club. 
put them in a secular drama club and you engage with them as they interact with those kids. If they dance, put them in a secular dance team so they can interact with girls uh, and the occasional guy <laughs> that's in there that live in the, in the public school arena. Uh, they're going to pick up on some of these things. Don't um, encourage friendships, I already said, with public school and private school, uh, both. And that will give them exposure to trends, social situations they need to know how to handle. Um, one thing that's be careful of, because I see this a lot, homeschool kids, when they get together with other families and other kids, who do they normally hang out with? Well, adults, a lot, but if they're hanging out with kids, what kind of education are those kids in? Homeschool. So they want to go hang out with other homeschool kids, which reinforces the socialization that is not mainstream. Okay? So again, just be aware of that. Um, They need people they can share the gospel with. Your kids need to struggle in this arena. You may not even know where they're struggling with a temptation because they haven't been exposed to it. And you put them in a situation and you think, well, they're really strong in this area and they might fall on their face. You need to know that there's a weakness there so you can shore it up. They need to be around uh, kids that they can share the gospel with. Teach the whys of both sides of issues. If you're, when you're doing worldview things, you've got to constantly hit them with the secular worldview as well so that they're exposed to it enough so when they go to college, they see that and they can say, okay, I understand this even though I don't. Okay, so a biblical world and life view along with math, reading, science is being taught at the same time and teachers and parents are partners to make that happen, which can be different in a, in a public school arena, right? You're on the same page. They're not shackled. They can certainly talk and express. There's not something that is working against your kids or negatively pushing them, okay? What else? Now, we all have our kids in Christian school. <laughs> okay, the kind of private school. Okay, there is a difference in public, in a covenant school or a non-covenantal school, certainly, um, that there's more parental involvement in the, in the covenant school. Yes, okay, the, the reinforcement that happens, everyone else that is a part of that has the same values as you do, which is the same actually with a, with a homeschool co-op would be similar though, the same kind of thing. You kind of know what everybody believes and thinks generally speaking, okay, and, and uh, so you can trust. I mean, we've certainly enjoyed that. You, when someone wants to have your kids spend the night, you don't have to, you know, hire a private investigator to find out what their home life's like. You can go, okay, I kind of know them. I've been with them at parent meetings, and uh, yeah, you know, okay, that's, so that's definitely a strength. Okay, a heart and an interest towards your kid's heart. They're trying to do more than just education, right? Covenant parents, so, okay, so parents are investing in the other kids uh, as well. You had some. Okay, so there's definitely more... Uh, the way they interact with your child because they care about them specifically, different options and, and things. Much greater advantage, yes, to smaller class size over, over here. Okay, uh, parents are invested because they're paying, right? Now we're all paying for public school too, whether we have kids in there or not. If, so that's, but it doesn't feel the same way. <laughs> so our values are being reinforced in, Christ, in Christian school with the teachers and, and the parents and all of these things. And it's a more healthy environment, learning environment, yes. So teachers are screened more closely and, and have to follow certain standards that we would approve of. Again, uh, certainly a lot of fantastic strengths that are there. Let me, um, let's hit some of the negatives of private Christian school. And these are things that you, again, may or may not be aware of. 
Um, Bible studies move from the devotional and the relational into the academic, okay? Uh, when you and I are having our quiet time, you are in a relationship with, with God. When your child sits in Bible class, they're putting God under the microscope and they're studying him and they're learning facts and figures instead of talking to God, okay? And that can uh, have a real negative effect on their spiritual life. You just need to be aware of that. It's not for devotional study now. It's moved into academic. Seminarians actually suffer from the same thing. Uh, I've had a, many, heard many people call seminary the cemetery because that's where your faith goes to die, okay? And that's because even as grown-ups, when we go and I go to class over and over again every day and study God, I'm not talking to God or with God. It's hard, and it, it has negative effects, Okay, so you need to be aware of what those are. Um, again, you know the answer, but it goes back to the treadmill or the, the, they're eating and they're not exercising. Everyone they know is a Christian, and so they don't witness, they don't uh, think about that as much, and they're constantly inputting uh, information, information, information. Um, they can become bored with the gospel, okay, because they hear it all the time. And they don't ever see anyone who's not like them and not a Christian like them. And so they hear it all, but it stops, it stops having relevance in their lives. Okay? Uh, the first time Cammie and I, we were in Charlotte, and the first time I experienced this, I was shocked. Uh, because we were at a large church in Charlotte, and there was a fantastic Christian school there called Charlotte Christian. And it was very much like Perimeter or Wesleyan. It was the school to go to, and it was very expensive. And let me tell you, the kids that I had in my youth ministry from Charlotte Christian were the hardest-hearted kids I had ever been around. And I thought, what is going on with this? And in some ways, it's like they get inoculated with the gospel. You know, when you, when you get a flu shot, right, they give you a little bit of the flu, and you feel bad for a few days, and it keeps you from getting the full-on flu. Uh, it can have that effect when you're in Christian school. You are around Christianity all the time, and you stop listening to it. It's message because you're not challenged on it on a regular basis. And that is a huge danger. I call it here, I call it perimeter fatigue. Okay, keep in mind, proximity is a huge thing. Most of the time, if your kids are involved here in school, they're here five days a week. And then if they're involved in youth ministry stuff and church on Sunday, they're here again on Sunday. Six days a week, they're in this building. That is not a healthy thing. Okay, six days a week, they're here. And you need to be aware, some kids... They leave, they hit the eighth grade, and they are ready to hit the road because they're sick of this building. And they don't really, that is another thing we need to be aware of. They don't really see that Jesus and perimeter school are not the same thing. That religion and Christianity is not the same as perimeter school. Those two things can become enmeshed unintentionally. I, I know Bobby, and I love him. He does not want to see that happen. He does not believe that. Our teachers don't think that. But your kids can. And you need to be aware of that. It is a huge danger in private Christian school. Um, again, you can be taught the biblical conservative position and not uh, exposed as much to the secular one. Now, I think here at the perimeter specifically, they do a pretty good job of that. But you just need to be aware that they're going to, you know, they're going to teach creation and creationism, and they're not really going to go down the road, not like they're going to get in public school, of, 
of uh, evolution. And so you can be ill-equipped for that. There can be theological confusion. So many people here and at every other city I've lived into because you find the schools that you can afford or that are around or whatever. And I've known kids over the years that send their kids to Church of God Christian School or Wesleyan, which is a, a Methodist Christian school, or Providence, which has more of a Baptist background Christian school, uh, or Perimeter, which is a Presbyterian Christian school. What is your theological bent? And if you're going to graduate from here and send them to Wesleyan, what is their theological bent? And is, are your kids able to combat that? Do they understand their, what we believe here well enough that they can talk about it there? So you can confuse your own kids theologically and pay thousands of dollars to do so. Okay? Uh, Keep that in mind. You have to be aware of what's happening in in that sense with theological confusion. Um, We talked about proximity. Um, Parents, it's easy for us to abdicate our responsibility if your kids are in private Christian school to say, well, they're getting so much. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard parents talk to me. Well, you know, I, I, we don't make youth group priority or church inner priority. They're, they're, they get Bible class every day. You know, they, they're getting it. So we don't have to do it. Um, and so it's easy for us to abdicate that. Um, again, everyone is a Christian. There, there's no opportunity to share their faith or not as much. Um, and this can actually be dangerous in some ways um, because... We know, you and I as parents know, everyone is not a Christian at their school. And so there's a facade of Christianity that covers everybody. And then we're shocked when, when they act out or when they sin. And so they're not, but it's, it can be even more dangerous. Like if you have a, a teacher at a private Christian school who's not a believer and who's saying things that are damaging to your kid, but they're just taking it in because their radar's not up. If you're in public school again, your radar should be up all the time. Hey, this is probably wrong or evil, or my teacher doesn't have my best interest at heart in, at least in social agenda, right? But at a Christian school, you think automatically that it is, and it might not be, okay? So we have to have our radar up all the time. Uh, There may be a stronger desire because of the strong morality that everybody has to hide your sin and bury it and push it down. I can guarantee you there's no desire to hide their sin in public school as much. Those kids are wearing their sin pretty much out. All you have to do is look at Facebook or walk the halls or whatever. Okay, it's there. It's out there. In private Christian school, there's a facade of righteousness, too, that we need to be aware of. There's also uh, Christian schools, by their very nature, push down, um, down into... Uh, the, the, the way the school is run because of the great rules and they reinforce our morality, it becomes very legalistic. Almost every Christian school, no matter where they start out, they keep adding rules every year until, boy, they can just be very pharisaical and teach Phariseeism to our kids uh, without the heart of the gospel. Again, they're studying, remember all their, a lot of the things they're studying about God are the rules and it's not devotional it's academic, and the rules just become a part of that. And so Phariseeism is a huge danger in private Christian schools that we need to be aware of. I would recommend all of you, whether you homeschool or private school, to read Prodigal God, not Pro- yeah, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Fantastic book. And all he does is unpack that parable of the prodigal son and the older brother. We have to be careful because our kids in private Christian school or homeschool can be the older brother. 
And we just are blind to it because we're so on guard against our kids becoming the prodigal. Okay? And Jesus, generally, if you read the Gospels, he's much more angry at the older brother than he is at the prodigal. We have to be aware of that. We have to be on guard for that. So read that book. Um, There's no easy way to say this. I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. Uh, We, in private Christian school, most people are wealthy because they can afford private Christian school. Uh, Your kids are going to be around a much wealthier group, especially in this area. Private Christian schools are really expensive. And if you're going to be there, your kids are going to be around other people. That Even if you're not, maybe you're on your tippy, tippy, tippy toes to get your kid in this school, but they're sitting right next to a guy who their dad writes a check and it's not even a big deal at all. Okay, and that's who they're going to sleep over at their friend's house, and they're just going to be around incredible wealth and materialism. And you've got to be aware of that. What does that mean? How are you going to combat that? Um, and there's no one from the other side of the tracks at most private Christian schools. Socioeconomically, they're not going to be exposed to people from the other side of the tracks, right? So uh, different ethnic groups and things like that, often it's pretty homogenous where you're at, right? And you just need to be aware that that's the exposure that they're getting, okay? So how do we combat these things? In our, I, I compare this also, I don't know if he's already put the slide up, to a fort. It's bigger than the bunker, You've got more socialization that's taking place, right? You kind of combat that weakness of the homeschool model because you're just around a bigger pool of people. But we still are not really in the game in sharing our faith. And in that, in that picture, you notice there's non-Christians inside the fort that we're not even aware of. Okay, the, the, that is a part of that as well. Um, and so, you know, how do we combat that? You've got to get outside the fort just like you've got to get outside the bunker. That's how you combat it. Um, encourage friends with homeschool kids and public school kids. Friendships with those things. You want to get them working with underprivileged to combat the, uh, or to A, give them people to witness to. B, get them away from the materialism. If your kids are in private Christian school, it's a great idea to have them working with homeless people or underprivileged kids or tutoring at the apartments. These things are huge in exposure with your kids and, uh, and giving them a mission field which they need. Um, you need to g- tell them to get a job at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. No, McDonald's would be better. Why? Because Chick-fil-A is Christian food. We all know that, right? <laughs> Chick-fil-A is, is, is private Christian fast food. Okay, so get, don't get a job at Chick-fil-A. Get a job at McDonald's or Taco Bell. We're no, we, clearly at Taco Bell there's no Christians. I mean, we know that, right? The food is... <laughs> can't be good for you in any way. So get your kids out and make them work, even if you have a lot of means. Expose them to that so that they can uh, have that opportunity. I mean, I, th- I think every person, this is my own bias, is every person should wait tables at some time in their lives because it's really hard. And you'll love waitresses and waiters for the rest of your life, and you'll tip well, okay? Get them that exposure, okay, at some point. Um, make sure they understand Christian liberty, and gray areas and gray situations because you're going to have to combat the legalism that you're going to confront. They're going to be very rules-oriented and you're going to have to combat it. And so part of that is talk, have conversations about gray because as adults we know most of life is pretty gray and it takes a lot of discernment and wisdom as we move into that. 
And then lastly, put them in situations where they can understand your faith's distinctions well. Okay, if your school is a different denomination, put them in student TFL. We actually have TFL for students. So they, we go through and study the Reformed faith on a deep level, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Make sure they take that so they understand the distinctions of our faith, if that's important to you, okay? Uh, You've got to get them educated uh, along those lines. All right, uh, let's move into public school last. Positives. Give me positives of public school. Public school, it's free. Yes, that's a huge thing. What else? Diverse. Okay, you're definitely going to be around people from the other side of the tracks, different ethnic, ethnic groups, rich, poor, you know, uh, all kinds of things. So that's, that, that's definitely a strength. What else? Okay, very specific. Just because they have all the money, right, and all this, they can do very specific educational tracks, IB, AP, uh, and, and then for learning disabilities also offer things that are very difficult to do um, in your home or in a pr- private school. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Extracurricular band, different clubs, athletics, huge part of most of our high schools growing up. Okay, yes, everyone is in with your community, whereas for a private school, we're kind of from all over, but when you're in a, a public school, yeah, it's people that are in your neighborhood. Absolutely. School bus. School bus. Yeah. yeah. If you can get your kid to ride it, which I can't, so... I'm kind of missing out on that. What else? You are in the game. You are in the front lines. There's definitely plenty of opportunity to share your faith, right? Uh, And that's why I use the analogy of you're in the front lines. You are definitely uh, in enemy territory. Now, of course, using this war analogy, right, one of the things that we love about the bunker and we love about the fort is you're not in enemy territory, or at least most of the time you're not, or you don't feel like you are. the front lines are dangerous, right? It, it, people get hurt on the front lines. And that is one of the reasons why we want to go to the other, the other models. Um, okay, let me hit a few things. It's less expensive. We already talked about socialization. So the, the negatives for the homeschool model are the opposite here. Uh, that you do learn, you know, again, wider exposure to different people, different cultures, norms, jokes, fashion, standing in line, waiting, Educational options we already hit, sports extracurricular, plenty of opportunity to share your faith. You're comparing to standards constantly, okay? So you're constantly being tested and things like that. You kind of have a firm grasp of where you stand. All right, let me hit the negatives real quick because we're out of time. Um, Exposure to other cultures and money is not always a positive thing, okay? Uh, For example, hip-hop culture uh, is not, I I personally am not a real fan of hip-hop culture, if my daughter is in public school, which she is, she's going to be exposed to that, okay? Um, Muslim culture, my daughter will be exposed to. I'm not necessarily a fan of that either. So there, there are things that your kids are going to be exposed to uh, on a negative side. Quality of education can be much lower, obviously. If they're not in an advanced track, like AB or, I, or, or AP classes or IB classes, that can be a negative. Um, an awful lot of popular culture is harmful and should be rejected, Right? Again, the strength of the other models is a weakness here uh, because there's a lot of junk in popular culture and your kids are swimming in it every day. And that, you know, that, that, that's, that's rough. Um, sports and extracurricular activities can become an idol or a distraction. Okay? Uh, that, that can be a negative. 
Uh, front lines are dangerous. You can be seduced by the world. Your child can start to live a double life and be one way at school and completely different at home or at church. Now, that can happen in private Christian school as well, but generally uh, you see it more often um, in, a, in a public school setting. They're exposed to a greater concentration of drugs, sex, homosexuality, cursing, alcohol, bullying, on and on and on, right? Okay, definitely the world, like I said, the front lines are dangerous, and they're going to be exposed to it. The secular worldview is shoved down their throat on a regular basis. They're not going to have any problem explaining what evolution is, right, in the, if, they grow, if they're in a public school setting. They're going to be exposed to it over and over and over again. And uh, they can often educate to the test instead of actually learning subjects, not as, not as huge classroom size. I mean, again, you, there's, there's lots of negatives that we can, that we can hit. All right, your public school strategy is the opposite of your homeschool and your private school strategy. If you're on the front lines constantly, you need a refuge to go to. Now it is more important for you to be involved, uh, to have your house be a refuge, okay? You make, if you're a parent and your kids are all in public school, make your home the place to be. Fix your basement up with a big screen TV and snacks and things so that kids want to invite their friends over to your house to hang out. That way you, as a Christian parent, can have exposure to their maybe secular friends and interact with them and know what's going on in their lives and be salt and light and make your place that, that refuge and that place for them. Things like youth group are going to be more important because they, they're on the front lines all the time. They need to get away, and they need to have a refuge. They need to have a place where they, it's safe. They need to have a place where they're constantly reminded of what's real and what's true. I was thinking about this, how an instrument gets out of tune. You know, when you are constantly in the public arena and getting barraged with secular as humanism, you have to go back and retune back to the things that you know are correct in your life. You have to, that's, and that's what youth group, that's what family devotions, uh, that's what a Christian camp can do in the summertime, something like Gold Rush, a mission trip. You know, they, those, those things are more important if your kids are in the public arena because they, they constantly need that retuning and they've got to get back to what they know is true or what you're teaching them is true. So family devotions, encourage them to have relationships with homeschoolers. And public school, I mean, and private Christian school kids who are not in the world as much, there can be a purity about them that is healthy so that they can interact with and say, hey, wait a second, the stuff I'm seeing, the way my friends are dressing isn't the norm. Uh, I can go, you know, a different route here. So, I mean, it's okay to expose them to those other, those other kids. Uh, they need that cross-pollinization. You've got to present the biblical conservative side of the why to them. They're constantly getting the secular, so you've got to continually remind them and train them of the biblical world and life view. Remember, that's the opposite of the public and, and, I mean, the private and the homeschool, where you've got to expose them to the secular worldview so they can be equipped to deal with it. Um, I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, I think each one of these situations, knowing what your weakness is and how to parent towards that is huge. Again, all of these are viable options. It's easy to get lulled into sleep, though, with your option because it's hard, and we have to be intentional about these things. This happened to us um, 
You know, again, I'm the one who wrote all this stuff, so I know what the weaknesses are and the strengths are, and yet when Cammie and I, a few years ago, my daughter Tirza was in the seventh grade, we said, uh, hey, you know, you're going to be going to Duluth, and started talking to her about that, and she expressed to us that she was terrified of non-Christians. Terrified. Now, we had not instilled this terror of non-Christians in our home and in our life, and we said, how did we end up here? And part of it is because we're just in the bubble all the time, right? We had her in the fort, and we had her in the bunker, places that we love. We love the fort and the bunker. But she's getting ready to go to public school. And we said, how did we end up in this place? And part of it is we realize we're not following our own strategy of getting her outside of that enough to expose her to these things, okay? And so we made the bricks, for example, here at Perimeter, a huge part of our strategy, that is a huge opportunity here. And it is a lot like youth group. There are Christian adults everywhere. It is a positive environment to have your kids in. But they are going to interact with non-Christian kids. They just are. And she didn't want to go. And we made her go. And she hated it. And we made her go some more. And she hated it less. And we negotiated. And we talked. And we kept on exposing her to this. And guess what happened? She got less fearful. She actually made friends with some kids who don't go to private Christian school. And she became less fearful of it. Um, She actually became really good friends with Amanda, whose mom is, is in here now. And Amanda went to Duluth Middle School. And we and Tirza, we made sure that Amanda and Tirza got in the same small group in eighth grade. We also took her to wildlife. At Duluth, uh, we, she couldn't go because it's in the morning, but we found out wildlife has a summer camp, a retreat, I'm sorry, a retreat that they do uh, in the spring. And so we signed Tirza up to go on Duluth Middle School's wildlife retreat. Now, Tirza didn't want to go, and she prayed about it, and she went. And she came back and was like, they didn't want to kill me or hurt me or make me take drugs or stick needles in my arms. I didn't do any lines of coke at Young Life Camp. Or anything like that. But guess what? She got, to, she got to interact with public school kids, and fear started to drop. And she entered into Duluth High School and is doing great. Okay? As far as we know, she's doing great. <laughs> she's interacting, and she knows how to talk to people. And it, the, the fear factor went down for her. Uh, we took that to heart and said, you know what, Jace, we need to start now. We took Jace and put him in Duluth football. They have a feeder program like most of you, you all do, and said, play football. And that was a wonderful experience. I think he's the, only white, he's the second white kid on his whole team. That's good for him to be around different ethnic groups and different, and different people. And it's good for Cammie and I sitting in the stands with all those black moms. It was hilarious. It was fun. We got to share our faith and be salt and light with these other people and said, this is where she's going to go to school. We've got to start embracing this and get to know what this is like. And it was great for us as a family. It was hard. Because doing the right thing and being intentional in parenting your kids and pushing them towards ultimate freedom and being equipped is hard. And it was time-consuming. We had to be there three nights a week and, all, and half the day Saturday. And I don't regret it. And so 
we have these opportunities around for you to take up and educate your kids towards the weakness of your area, okay? Um, let me, we can go, we got time to go to a uh, question and answer. We have about 15 minutes. So do any of you, that's kind of all my material, do any of you have any questions or, that you would like to ask about this or anything that we talked about? As far as public school, private school, homeschool, shoring up the weakness of your choice. Okay, the question is, you see a potential in your child to develop a double life. Um, Part of the way that double lives develop in students is that they don't... um, Well, one, if, if if they're not engaging with you regularly on what's real and what's happening in their lives, which all teenagers to some degree are gonna do, Okay, all of your kids are going to keep things from you. I think most of you, if you have older kids, you're aware of that. If you have really young kids, you might not, you might not be aware of that just yet. So they are all going to keep some things private and personal, no matter what. And a lot of times those are the sinful things, right, that they want to keep private and personal no matter what. One of the huge strategies to that is making sure that there are other adults investing in their lives who can get access when you cannot, Okay, and that is a huge strategy to me for youth ministry or mentoring. If you're not a fan of youth ministry, mentoring, find a mentor for them, someone who will get in their life and who can interact with them who's not their parent because there are things they're just not going to tell you. Okay, I am always, uh, I've told this probably many times and you'll hear it more, but when I start to hang out with a group of students and they cuss around me for the first time, that's a victory to me. Okay, why is that a victory? Because they've let their guard down enough to let me start to see what's really going on in their heart. Your kids aren't going to cuss around you, probably, unless you cuss around them. But they're going to cuss around me because that's what's in their heart, and I'm not their dad. And so when I'm around them long enough, they stop. Now, and guess what? If the first time they cuss around me, I go, don't say that. Do you think they're ever going to cuss around me again? No. Do you think they're going to let me see what's going on in their heart really so that I can address it? No. And so part of what youth leaders do and d-group leaders and youth pastors is they try to find out what's really going on in your kid's heart so that they can be an advocate for what you believe because they have an end that you don't have. And that's just the reality of it. Okay? So um, find someone who can speak into your child's life. That is a huge part of that. Um, that's a huge part of that. I, th- I don't think that was applause for what I was saying. I think, <laughs> I think she really wanted him not to grab another donut. Yes. Um, this is a pretty, first of all, let me just, a disclaimer here. I may have missed lots of positives and negatives. Okay, I, this is my list that I've developed. And, I, and it corresponded pretty well to the things most of you said. Okay. But I certainly may have missed uh, positives. I'm sure if Bobby Scott were in here, we could learn a lot more positives of Christian, private Christian education. He probably has a list as long as my arm, okay? And if I wanted Chip to come up here and speak about positives of public school, he might have a list about as long as my arm too, longer than the list I came up with. Um, I don't have specifically for girls and boys differences. No, I don't, I don't have a, a specific positive or negative on, on these models, uh, with regard to that, yes. Yes, that's a great question. How do these choices you're making now affect college? And that is very, 
real that you have to be thinking about the end game, okay? For example, if you are homeschool all the way through, or you, let's, say you're, let's say you're private Christian school all the way through, and then you throw them at the University of Georgia, okay? That may not be the best environment for them, depending on, again, their other aspects. If, if you have them playing, you know, interacting with a lot of non-Christians in other arenas, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with going private Christian school all the way through and then sending them to Covenant College. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Uh, There's nothing wrong with public school the whole way, homeschool the whole way, as long as they're equipped to deal with it. Uh, One of the reasons I started to develop this material is because I did see a child who was incredibly sheltered, and her parents just took her and dropped her off at the university. And, you know, within two weeks, she lost her virginity, drunk at a party to a guy she didn't know. That's everybody's nightmare in here right? That is all of our nightmare. But she was not equipped. In fact, all of Parent U stems from, started to stem from that particular story because I saw a young girl go off to school completely ill-equipped to be a grown-up in our society. And it makes me mad. (laughs) It should make all of us mad. We have to equip them to live in this world and to, to have kingdom impact. So thinking that through, that strategy through, absolutely. And it depends on your child too as far as are they a leader or a follower? That's huge. If your kid in, in public school or private school always gravitates towards the worst crowd they can find at school, which I've seen many over the years, you might consider Covenant College because the worst crowd there is not that bad. Okay, so private Christian education in a, in, a, in a university would be very important there. If your child is a leader and no matter what, they are charging them the hill, they might, do, they might thrive at Georgia. They might be a leader and help transform that campus for Christ. You know, so it's definitely a factor how your child is wired. And then make sure you're equipping. There's this whole idea, though, of, I mean, a, 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 one positive strategy is, again, it depends on your child, Homeschool when they're little. Christian school during middle school so you avoid some of the junk. Public school when they're in high school so they kind of have exposure while you're there to catch them when they fall. And then public university. There's nothing wrong with that pathway. There's some, you know, you kind of see most protection when they're little and then, you know, a little looser boundaries and then a little wider boundaries because then it's Georgia or, you know, Alabama or wherever. So... And then if they, if they really blow it in high school, then maybe you, you, you put them in a more protected college environment, okay? So again, these are, these are, there's no one way to do it, and every child's different, and your means are different, and all of these things. But, but yes, pay attention to the pathway that you're choosing, okay? And, and, and think that through all the way. Yes, there's not. And uh, I've had in my heart to write, uh, I thought about, I even talked to Polly Pope one time about she and I getting together and trying to write one for teens because I think that is an area that our youth ministry is particularly weak in and that um, I, we don't have. And I haven't really seen, there may be good ones out there, but I have not seen a good evangelistic um, training for high school students. I mean, we've, I've done and taught a few different ones, but I've never been thrilled with any of them uh, particularly. So no, that's a weakness that we have here, I would say. And, and other churches may have it, but I, I don't. Yes. Every youth group trying to get these three groups together, homeschool, private school, and public school kids, to become unified and 
to be a unit is very difficult. And it makes youth ministry really difficult, I would say. Um, especially if you have a smaller group. Actually, the size that we are makes it somewhat easier because they can usually find someone that they relate to in, in the group. Uh, they are clicky. We're clicky. Everyone's clicky. Every, adults are. Kids are. Uh, they're just in deeper relationship with each other, and that is a part of it. And, and so you can't completely combat that. Mission trips is probably the most effective at breaking down barriers and things like gold rush, retreats. Be, that's part of the reason we do those things. When you're in Gold Rush together and you are on teams with kids from all these, see, we have like a production team, we have a drama team, we have, and you're interacting with all these kids that are homeschool, private, public school, and they're interacting together, but they have a common goal, a common interest, then those barriers start to break down. And they're like, oh, this person's actually really fun and really cool, and I like them, and I didn't know them before. That happens on a much better and deeper level on mission trips when those, when those take place because you're in a foreign country on the other side of the world for two weeks in extreme situations, and that breaks those barriers down faster, generally. Okay, so that can be a great experience. But it is, it is difficult. Uh, and when your child, again, goes into these environments and is uncomfortable, make them go back. That's the key. Because what they're going to do is come home and say, I didn't like it, it was boring, uh, it wasn't relevant. It, you know, they'll give you a huge list of reasons why, and part of it is they're just uncomfortable socially, okay? Like Tirza at the Bricks. She just socially was like, whoa, this is, this is rough. I mean, for adults sometimes going to the Bricks, when there's 500 kids running around, you might be like, whoa, uh, this is a little overwhelming. Don't give in. Oh, I didn't finish t- with Tirza. The other thing is, you know what? She ended up loving the bricks, and now she wants to volunteer at the bricks. She loves it now. But if she didn't love it at first, I had to push her and force her to do that, and now she thinks it's awesome. So same thing, mission trips, weekend retreats, gold rush. These things are important for us. That's how we break those barriers down. Any other questions? All right. It's 10.15. Let me pray uh, again and wrap it up. Lord, thank you again for this time. I pray that you would equip us and our kids for success. Lord, success as you define it. Um, and Lord, help us to trust in you that, uh, again, this educational choice doesn't decide whether they become a believer or not. You are Lord of the heart and you draw them. Uh, you draw them to yourself. And so we thank you for that truth. Um, that you, uh, that you love our kids more than we do, and you protect them and you guide them. And uh, we pray that as the influence we have and the special relationship that we have with our kids, we would equip them to be, have maximum kingdom impact in this world. And Lord, we can't do that on our own, uh, and we're going to mess up lots of times, but God, your grace is sufficient. And so please equip our kids and us uh, to have kingdom impact. Thank you again. Uh, for this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Parent University Podcast. Parent U is a part of the student ministries at Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit the student ministries website at www.perimeter.org slash students for more information. Thank you.